Greetings, this is your DJ, and tonight, we're gonna talk about the philosophical anthropology of smartphone zombies. Welcome to the digital city. So what is a city? To put it simply, a city is a container for social interaction, where the needs and wants of the population living inside can easily be satisfied due to the proximity of all services such as supermarkets, education, and healthcare. This makes a city vastly different from the countryside or the provinces because certain goods and services are harder to access due to the distance barrier. Besides infrastructure and the people living inside them, cities are mainly made up of two fields of concern, a world of ideas and a world of technology. These are two hemispheres and they are interconnected and both influence each other in one way or another. The world of ideas is the world of culture. This contains the stories and narratives that unite the people, describe what to value, and prescribe how to act. These include the underlying social norms, practices, trends, and various nuances that subconsciously govern how we should and must act depending on the situation. Some examples of this include religious customs, social greetings, family traditions, idealism changes, and more. The world of technology, on the other hand, embodies the values and the culture of the people inside it. Architecture is an excellent example as the choices of materials and building style heavily reflect the persona of the city and the people living inside it. A great example that comes to my mind is the cities in Japan. Modern, clean, and intuitive infrastructure heavily reflects the discipline and forward-thinking nature of the Japanese people. The idea of how nature or the nature of society affects the people living in the city and how the people living in the city affects the nature of the city is not a new one. <clears throat> if you take, for instance, a comparison between the ancient cities of Athens and Sparta, in Athens, the epitome of an ideal citizen was the intellectual scholar. While, the, or while in the city of Sparta, the highest ideal of a citizen was the soldier or the military man. Due to these different spheres of thought, the city of Sparta ended up having more training camps than universities, while Athens, on the other hand, ended up having more universities than training camps. It is evident here how the values and ideals of the city shape the citizens it produces and vice versa. The situation is the same today, as we see ICT-oriented cities like Mumbai produce more people oriented in BPO or information technology. Compare that to a city like Shanghai, which produces more professionals in the assembly, logistics, and manufacturing fields, simply because Shanghai is a more industrialized city. Now, this brings us to the next part. What if social media was a city? Now, if the ancient city of Athens was designed to produce scholars and Sparta was designed to produce soldiers, 
The social media city was designed to produce one thing, the consumer. At its current state, social media at its core is naturally designed to produce individuals who watch everything, read everything, click on everything, react to everything, and share everything. This ideology is best embodied in a technology common to all social media platforms. That technology is the newsfeed. News feeds are designed to maximize the amount of time you spend on the platform and do so by adapting to you and your preferences. The more time you spend interacting with the platform, the more opportunities the site has for creating advertising revenue. Because of this, tech companies have become more witty in keeping you hooked on their social media platforms. Since most social media sites are free, the only way for Facebook, Twitter, Google, TikTok, etc. to break even is to monetize their sites through advertising. One example of how social media sites encourage you to spend more time on the platform is through tailored advertising based on preferences. Think about it this way. If you like to search about cars on Facebook, then your advertising feed will most likely be filled with ads for car accessories, car dealerships, and so on. In this scenario, Facebook is employing algorithms to make the ads adjust to your interests and preferences. The same goes for when you browse specific, uh, specific topics. If, for instance, you follow many news organizations, the chances of you being recommended similar pages related to news is very high. This makes the experience of using the news feed overall quote-unquote less annoying for the user and more personalized. All of this comes at a cost though. What cost by any chance? Your personal data. In order to create a tailored experience and force users to spend more time on the site, social media companies track their users' activity. Things like the type of pages you follow, your location, the places you've been to recently, and so on, have an impact on the type of advertising and content that you see. They do this by using cookies, which is a cute name for what's actually an internet tracker. Trackers are lines of code and algorithms that track which websites you visit the moment you click on agree to accept all cookies. Privacy. Now this is the price we pay for a free technology like social media. It's worth noting that tech companies usually have teams of onboard psychologists who assist in the design process of various social media and content sites. With this, they have become incredibly witty and good at tricking us users into spending a lot of time and even money on their sites. They can even go as far as to making us think that we actually need social media to survive in the modern world. Social media sites focus on the need-to-know basis for content consumption. Neuroscience reveals that the human brain is wild to naturally love discovering new information. Learning a new skill like riding a bike, playing a musical instrument, not only stimulates the parts of your brain that involve learning and memory, but it also releases hormones like dopamine and serotonin, which control the reward pathway in your brain. Now, since your brain is deceptive and doesn't have the time to distinguish between the value and application of pieces of information, basically any piece of new information can be considered valuable. 
In simpler terms, as long as you learn something new and timely, you feel good about yourself regardless of what you learned is useful in your life or not. This is why, despite the fact that the majority of posts on your newsfeed are meaningless, uninformative, random, and have no practical impact on your life whatsoever, besides occasional entertainment, you still subconsciously feel good about knowing it. This perfectly explains why people are hooked on Facebook's newsfeed, because scrolling through post after post rewards the brain with a false sense of learning and knowledge. This is why you can feel like a proactive member of society, if you knew about a recent disaster a thousand miles away from where you live, even though you have absolutely no control of the situation because it already happened and it has little to no direct impact on your life whatsoever because it's a thousand miles away, you still feel that it's important for you to know about it. The human brain is always hungry for information and regardless of whether that information is useful or not, you still feel good about being in the loop. Now, the concept of a need-to-know basis is not a new one. In fact, this is the very same concept that newspapers employ to make sure that people keep on reading and buying the paper every day. The subtle psychological nuance here is that if you don't buy today's newspaper, then you are missing out on critical information. Despite the fact that a big portion of the news has no direct consequential impact to the reader himself. With this, uh, he or she still feels the guilt from not knowing what happened recently. This only proves that the psychological ploy of the need-to-know basis was effective. And recently, psychologists have coined the term which refers to the anxiety that you get when you're out of the loop. FOMO, or fear of missing out, is a social anxiety disorder that stems from not experiencing what other people are experiencing at the present moment. People with FOMO often feel the need to stay connected with their social media platforms and stay updated on current events and happenings around the world. Now, here's a key question. Why do people want to stay in the loop with all the drama, gossip, and other people's lives? Do people actually like focusing on other people's lives instead of their own? Symptoms of FOMO include pathological internet use, spending plenty of time on social media, feeling anxiety when not in the loop, and so on. The greatest psychological detriment to this condition is that it prevents people from enjoying their own lives because they are too busy trying to watch and monitor others. I see this phenomenon all the time when people stare at their phones while at, a beautiful, uh, while at a beautiful park, at a nice beach, or when office workers scroll Facebook on their computers instead of doing their jobs. There is a difference between rational and irrational FOMO, however. For one, it's completely acceptable to feel FOMO in scenarios that directly involve you, the person. For instance, it's completely acceptable to feel FOMO when you missed out on a party because you had to prepare for an exam. That's perfectly fine. But an example of irrational FOMO is when you miss out on stupid things like gossip and rumors. It's irrational because, for one, you have no business or involvement in them in the first place, and two, Learning or being updated about gossip and rumors will do absolutely nothing to improve your life.
With this, we gotta talk about the human relationship with the unknown. We humans love learning and discovering knowledge. Psychologically speaking, the human mind is naturally drawn to information previously not yet known to or encountered before. From an evolutionary standpoint, the unknown presents an opportunity for reward and growth, whilst also presenting an opportunity for punishment and danger. Human beings have an innate negativity bias that ensures that negative things capture our attention more than positive ones. When you are in a neutral or disinterested mood, you often find yourself ruminating about random things. The contents of a person's head while ruminating is varied, but a common theme is that people tend to remember the negatives more than the positives. Speaking in the context of internet and social media, content that threatens your self-esteem, confidence, self-perception, and perception of those around you will definitely weigh heavier and leave a bigger impact than the non-threatening bits of content like those that make you laugh or entertain you. We know for a fact that social media activity is tracked by algorithms and adjustments to the personal experience depending on how you interact with the site. Given that these sites are optimized for you to stay hooked as much as possible, the overall long-term experience of social media is a negative one. To better put this into perspective, let's take the popular photo-sharing app Instagram as an example. While scrolling through the hundreds of filtered and edited photos of people's highlight reels, you will have the tendency to focus more on whether or not people are better looking than you, stronger than you, smarter than you, or well-traveled than you. By default, your brain will focus more on the things that will make you feel insecure about yourself, therefore creating an overall negative experience when you use Instagram. This is a simple result of the negativity bias, which is ingrained within the brain of every single human being. During the caveman era, super superiority was a very big deal, and being dominant to others meant that you have a reassurance for survival. Back in those days, the biggest threat to your survival was not being eaten by a dinosaur or a giant snake. Rather, it was being socially isolated. Our present-day human nature isn't all that different from the ones of our ancestors. All of us still have this negativity bias, which exists to guard ourselves against inferiority in a modern world that is perpetuated by perfectionist and unrealistic ideals. As food for thought, it's often best to remember that the human brain is wired to be acceptable to society. This is the reason why human beings experience emotions like insecurity, loneliness, and inferiority. Since we are not living in the ancient ages, and we are now living in the 21st century with well-established moral ethics and philosophy, insecurity no longer deserves a place in our modern world. But given that we are all still human and retain that piece of ancestral genetics, we just need to know or we just need to understand or come up with ways so that we won't let the negativity bias and its byproducts of insecu insecurity, anxiety, and social comparison get the best of us.
Now that we have a better understanding of how social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook get us hooked and insecure, what are possible steps we can take to lessen the detrimental impact of tailored content experiences to our well-being? A thought that comes to mind was that it's possible for social media platforms to become more purposeful when it comes to content delivery. YouTube, for instance, which is the world's number one video sharing social media platform, is very different from other social medias. And this is due to its core feature, which is the search bar. Prior to becoming the large social media site that it is, YouTube was first and foremost a search engine. With a search engine, it gives people the ability to specifically look for what they want to consume. People often go to YouTube for specific things like specific entertainment from specific artists, specific educational lessons, specific topics, specific interests, and etc. The default YouTube layout is also very different from other social medias. For one, it's not based on a need-to-know basis. When you are on YouTube, the main, se- the main focus is that search bar. And whenever you're watching a video, sure, you may have recommended videos stacking up on the right side. But YouTube designed it in such a way that you as a user will be encouraged to focus on what you're watching. The recommended videos are only there for you as an option if you want to continue watching topics or watching videos on similar topics. It is in having this level of control of your content where you are able to create a more positive and meaningful controlled experience whenever you use the platform. Instead of being told what to look at, like other social media, you are the one who finds what you are looking for in the same way you look for grocery items at a supermarket. Unfortunately though, most social media platforms are not centered around a functionality like this. The reason being, having the need-to-know basis like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter is effective in making money. And if Facebook suddenly becomes a search engine, then they would have less opportunities to squeeze in advertising. Besides this, it's not really, uh, or rather, the YouTube style of content delivery isn't as addictive when compared to something like Instagram or Twitter. And for big social media companies like this, Making money will always be the number one priority. Taking all of that into mind, we have to discuss about the need to exercise more control over your content. In order to bring more positivity in your social media experience, you can do many simple things to make sure that all the content you consume is meaningful, relevant, and informative to you. An example of a step I did was muting all the messenger stories from my messenger chat application. I hid everybody's with the exception of my family members. Now the reason why I did this is that I found that the messenger stories do nothing but add unnecessary clutter 
and waste my time. Time is the one thing in life you can't get back, and I prefer to use my time purposefully, more productively, and meaningfully. Distractions? No thanks. I prefer my messenger chat application to be used for communication and messaging purposes only, and nothing else. Another thing that you could do is simply unfollow the people who use uh, who use social media to post meaningless content. For instance, uh, Facebook is full of people who post nothing but recycled memes, self-entitled posts, stupid biased opinions on politics, and etc. Since we cannot control people and their behaviors, the best thing we can con- the, the best thing we can do is control the way their behaviors impact us. Personally, I get annoyed whenever people post vain photos of themselves acting like models. So in order to prevent idiots like these from ruining my day, I simply unfollow them so I can have more room in my field for more educational, personal, meaningful, and relevant content to me. On Twitter, it's possible for you to organize the people who you follow into lists based on why you follow them. You can create categories like sports, art, music, etc. to streamline your content flow. To make this uh, more effective, you could straight out or straight up mute everyone that you follow and just keep them in your lists. When you do this, in effect, the next time you open Twitter, all you will see is a blank canvas with nothing in it. With this, you can go to your lists and decide what type of content you want to consume. By doing this, it will prevent you from acting like a smartphone zombie who mindlessly scrolls through all the different posts and noise to find what stimulates your brain. Just by doing small steps like these, you can stop being abused by the default operating system of these greedy social media platforms. With this, you begin to become the master of your own social media experience and you get to control the way people influence you. This is kind of like building your very own home in the digital city and you will find yourself benefiting from more free time, improved productivity, focused attention, and improved mood. Your mental health will thank you later.